Welcome to the Your Next Best Step podcast, where it's all about real experiences, real lessons, real hurdles, and everything in between. I'm Teresa Cantley, and I'm bringing you over 20 years experience in business, leadership, and marketing to help you shift out of your corporate thinking and into being an entrepreneur so you can maximize your results, build and empower your team, and make a bigger impact. It's time to turn your ideas into innovation, and that's only the beginning. So let's get started. Well, hey there, and welcome back. Thank you for joining me for this episode, episode number 23 of the Your Next Best Step podcast. I'm so, so, so excited that you're here, and I wanted to talk today about this topic that absolutely drives me bananas when I hear it. It drives me nuts. Um, And maybe you've heard this, maybe you have thought this yourself, but it's this whole premise around local businesses thinking that because they're local, everybody knows that they're there. And I have heard this so many times over the years, and it's so funny because I used to think this myself. (laughs) Um, long, long ago when I had my own brick and mortar store, that because you're local, people just know that you're there. People know, people are going to come flocking to your store, to your business, because you're local. And the reality is, that's not the case. Just because you're a local business doesn't mean that people know that you are in that town, in that city, in that community. I mean, think about it. Like, There are restaurants, I live outside of Philadelphia, there are restaurants in Philadelphia that I've never even heard of. And people tell me about them, people tell me about a new restaurant all the time and I'm like, oh, where's that? Just because you're local to a specific area doesn't mean that people know that you're there. There are things that you need to do to make sure that people know you're there and that you can be found, right? It's no different than you know, having a digital business and being online and people thinking that because you're a digital business, that people just know that you're there, that they're going to search for, you know, artisan jewelry and your online store is just going to pop up, you know, it doesn't quite work that way. So I'm going to give you my three top tips and I'm going to give you a bonus tip. So if you have a local business, if you have a local restaurant, if you have a local, um, store, retail store, if you have a local service, um, like a yoga studio or a dentist's office, um, you're going to want to follow these three tips um, so that you can make sure that people find you, right? And these three things are things that when I work with people, when I work with my clients, um, these are three things that we start with kind of right away kind of dig into what are they doing right now? What do they need to do? Like, you know, and really get them to do a lot of research. Um, And then from there, we can actually start building some stuff out. So these are three things that you can, you know, if you don't have a business coach, you're not working with a business coach, you're not working with a mentor, you know, you don't even have a marketing plan. These are three things that you can actually start with right away. And when you start with these three things, plus the fourth one, which is a big bonus, um, you are going to 
actually, I'm sorry. I have two bonuses for you. Now that I'm looking at my notes, <laughs> I have two bonuses. But these are things that you can start doing right away. You can also start doing these if you have a digital only business, um, you know, a local business, but maybe you're only online. You can use these thing. You can use these principles, these these three things, um, as well. You know, it doesn't have to just be a brick and mortar store, but for brick and mortar businesses, because a lot of brick and mortar businesses don't know to do some of these things, you're going to want to follow this stuff right away and, you know, get started. So the first thing is, is number one, really dig in and figure out what makes you unique and what sets you apart. What makes you different than the retail store that's right next to you? What makes you different than, you know, if you're a salon I tell this story a lot. My business partner and I, when we had our first retail store, we were in a small town and that had like maybe four streets and four or five streets. And there were 13 hair salons. It was crazy. So figure out what really makes you unique. What sets you apart from everybody else? Why would people want to come to your business over the business, the same business, same type of business that's down the street? Why would they want to come to you? Okay, so that's one of the first things that we really dig into, especially one of the main things that I help people with is I we really get focused and really get focused on what makes them unique. And we take that and we actually build a signature experience in their business that really sets them apart and makes the competition completely irrelevant. And we focus on building. There's five key experiences that we focus on building. But the first thing, like I said, that you want to do before you do anything like physical, any tactics, the first thing that I want you to do is figure out what makes you unique and what really sets you apart beyond the product or the service that you're providing, beyond the food that's on your menu. What makes you unique? It could be, you know, the type, it could, it could be the type of products that you, that you sell. It could be how you package things and ship them to customers. It could be how you, um, um, what it looks like inside your business, inside your restaurant. Maybe that's what sets you apart. Maybe it's the events that you have in your business. Whatever it is, figure out what makes you unique over anybody else. A lot of people, a lot of brick and mortar businesses, what they want to do What I've noticed is they want to, and I get this a lot, so-and-so down the street did this. I think we should try it because it worked for them. (laughs) You can look at what other people are doing and observe and use that as inspiration, but we don't. The last thing that you want to do is copy someone because here's the deal. You're copying, let's say they made a mistake on pricing or they made a mistake on coupons or they made a mistake on a trend that they're trying or you know whatever. If you do what they're doing, you are like taking that mistake and magnifying it because now you're making the mistake. So use what other businesses in the area are doing. Like look at what they're doing and use that as inspiration. Look at what they're doing. Look at your own business and say, okay, how am I doing this different? How my how is my business more unique in this area? How is our food more unique? How is our menu more unique? How is our, the experience with the servers more unique? How is the experience with, you know, when you walk in the door and you're greeted? How is how do we do things different than the other businesses in the area? So that's number 1. Number 2, use geo-targeted hashtags 
and keywords or tags. So this is a big thing because when people are on uh, Instagram, Twitter, you know, if people are using it, you know, for LinkedIn, you want to, if you're a local business and you have a brick and mortar business, you want to use a geo-targeted, mix in some geo-targeted hashtags so people can find you. (laughs) So if somebody's searching, you know, Philly restaurants, they want to go to a restaurant in Philadelphia, if you have, if you're using that geo-targeted hashtag of Philly restaurants or Philly small business or Philly local business or um, Philly retail, Philly gift shop, you know, whatever, you want to make sure that you come up, right? So using geo-targeted hashtags and doing some research to see what hashtags are out there and making sure that you're not using the ones that have like millions of posts associated with them. You're using ones that have like a thousand, 10,000, um, you know, posts attached to it so that you can make sure that you, you know, show up. So using those geo-targeted hashtags, also using geo-targeted keywords. Okay. Same kind of thing using geo-targeted keywords so that when you're writing copy for your online store or for the pages on your website or even for the the homepage on your website or you're writing blog posts, you wanna make sure that you are using geo-targeted keywords in there that relate back to your business. So you could use a keyword of, you know, we have the best burgers in, in Bethlehem. So best burgers in Bethlehem or best burger Bethlehem. So you're using a geo-targeted keyword because guess what someone's gonna do? They're going to search, whether they do it via Siri, Alexa, or they're actually typing it into a Google search, they're gonna be searching for stuff like that. Best burger in Bethlehem. So you wanna try and use those geo-targeted keywords and hashtags so that you come up in searches that people are looking for, okay? Um, in a specific area. I know Facebook also has some really cool things that you can do for local businesses um, where, and this is totally off of the keywords, but it is really cool, so that when somebody is walking outside of your building or is in the area, they will get something that pops up to tell them that these businesses are in the area, which is kind of cool. I think, I think Google has something very similar. Yeah, Google has it too, so that you can you know, go on to a Google search, go on to a Google map and be able to see all the different um, restaurants or stores or, you know, whatever that are in that particular area. Obviously, you have to have Google pages set up and you have to have certain things set up in Facebook. But the whole point is, is that there are lots of tools and resources out there so that you can get found. If you don't have a Google page, by the way, if you don't have a Google business page, make sure you get one, make sure that you set one up um, so that people can find you when they're Googling. Um, so the third thing is, is you want to, especially after you figure out what makes you unique, you, you have your geo-targeted or just your keywords, you want to, the next thing is, is to create a content calendar and be consistent with it. So you wanna create your content calendar, and this is something I also teach people because in order to, you know, once you figure out what you wanna do differently and and the experience that you wanna create, well, the next thing is, is that you gotta get people into your business, right? And you also have to take care of them. So you wanna make sure that you're staying consistent with putting content out there. So the best way is to set up a content calendar that, and I like to, in the beginning of the year, I have a template that I give people that I work with. 
and we fill out the entire year because I work with local businesses. So we fill out, you know, the main things that are happening. They know that they're, they have specific events that happen in town that they participate in. We know that there's holidays. We know that there's certain other big events that they have at their own business. There's workshops that they want to have. So we kind of take a look at that when we're planning in the beginning of the year and we lay all those into the calendar. And then the next thing is, is to take month by month by month and decide every week, what are your larger pieces of content that you're going to create, whether it's a blog post, a podcast episode, a video, or the smaller pieces of content that you fill in between, which are your Facebook posts, your Instagram posts, your tweets, you know, all those things. And what we end up doing, the reason why I have people look at it a year out or even six months out, is so that you can see, okay, we have this particular large, large, large event going on. We wanna make sure that we're posting content related to that event to build up some excitement prior to it, and we plan out a certain amount of time um, that we wanna start doing that. So to lay it out and look at it six months in advance, and like I said, some of, my, some of the people that I work with, some of my clients can do a whole year because they do have a lot of, a lot of events going on. Um, restaurants that I work with, they, they run classes, cooking classes, baking classes, they have special events, they have festivals that they do. Um, so those are the bigger things that we can kind of look at from a year perspective and then fill in, you know, every month what, what they're going to be doing. So it's nice because you know what's happening. And then like, for instance, like around Christmas time, you know, you have Christmas time, you have, you know, you have all these Christmas events that are going on in your restaurant, but you also like, they have a bakery. So we want to make sure that we're promoting, um, pies and cakes for Thanksgiving. And then also Christmas cookies that you can buy online and come pick up. We want to make sure that we're promoting that way in advance so that people have it for holiday parties and you know on th for Thanksgiving um, and even for Christmas so that they have it in plenty of time it gets in their head you know that they know that they can purchase these things so that's what that content calendar does is it keeps you consistent it also so you're not posting <laughs> the same thing over and over again like Come try our happy hour. Come try our happy hour. Come try our specials. Come try our dinner specials. Come try our happy hour. See live music. Come try our happy hour. So you're not posting the same things over and over and over again with this content calendar. What I teach, again, figuring out what makes you unique and what sets you apart is a huge piece of this. But you can also weave in other types of content that your ideal customer might be interested in, like behind the scenes, maybe some history behind the building maybe something about the owner, who knows. But that content calendar allows you to stay consistent and make sure that you are getting your content out there and it's able to be found again, going back to number two, which was using, finding and using geo-targeted hashtags and keywords, but then also figuring out what makes you unique. So two bonus things that I talk to people about is number one, related to what we were just talking about with the keywords, is the whole SEO thing. And I mean, SEO is a topic in itself, but to really kind of bring it down to the main thing that you need to do is when you're looking for those geo-targeted keywords, think about overall for your homepage, what do you want to be known for? When people search, what do you want them to find you 
the main areas that they want you that you want them to find you for. And then those keywords and keyword phrases end up being part of the content on your homepage and go into your SEO information, which is your meta title and meta description. If you have a web developer that you work with, once you do the research to find the keywords, you can talk to them about putting it in there. A lot of templated sites such as Shopify or Squarespace, um, Volusion, like they have areas, specific areas, um, when you're putting in the content, the copy for your homepage or internal pages, they have specific areas where it tells you where to put that SEO information. But the big thing, the really, really key thing is, is that you need to do the research to figure out what it is that you want to be known for. Like I said, keywords, keyword phrases, search phrases, people, things that people are actually searching for, questions that they're asking or um, things that they are, you know, searching for. So if they're going and saying, Alexa, um, find me all the restaurants in Bethlehem, (laughs) you know, and then Alexa comes up. So you want to make sure that you are picking keywords that you want to be known for, the main areas of your business. Um, And this research, basically it's going out and just kind of doing some searches on Google. So typing in restaurants in Bethlehem and seeing what searches come up, but then also that section where it says people also ask, and then you can see questions that people are actually asking for. So picking your top 30, maybe 50 keywords or keyword phrases that you want to be known for and that you want to use in the copy on your pages making sure that the copy stays readable um, and that these keywords or keyword phrases also match the copy that's on your website. The biggest thing that people try and do is they they try and like, they pick all these keywords like restaurants in Bethlehem, restaurants in Allentown. So they'll have, we're the best restaurant in Bethlehem and the best restaurant in Allentown. And you don't want to do that. You want to make it readable so that it's it it reads well to the human eye to someone who's actually reading it, but you're also picking up these keywords or keyword phrases and you wanna have typically one, maybe two per page. So, you know, making sure that you're picking relevant ones and that they're relevant to, the keyword or keyword phrase is relevant to that copy on that page And then you can also include it in your meta information. But the key, even more than that, you want to make sure that your pages are readable. But my point is, is to do the research. Go out and search and find what people are actually searching for and how that matches with the results that are coming up in a Google search. If you have Google Analytics and Google AdWords, there are, you can actually go in there and use their keyword tool. So it will show you what um, you, like the, the amounts of searches and how, um, how popular a, com- a particular search term or search phrase is. So you can also use that as well. Um, there also Neil Patel, if you don't follow him, he's an amazing person to follow, but he also has a free tool that you can download. Um, and Again, another keyword and keyword phrase tool that you can use to find how popular different search terms and search phrases are. So I would recommend definitely one of those. So the second bonus, and this is kind of a one that's pretty, um, it's pretty common sense, is get out there and network. Network in your community. Collaborate with people. 
one of the things that holds people, local businesses back is they have this feeling and this thought that, you know, everybody around them is competition. When in reality, they're not because everybody does things their own way. Everybody, you know, everybody does things their own way. And when you have local businesses, a group of local businesses in a community, everybody's there to support and help each other. It is the philosophy that, oh, that's my competitor. I'm going to hold back my information because I don't want them to get it. That's so wrong. So, so wrong. And when I talk about the next generation business, one of the big things and creating a, a signature experience in your business, one of the big things is collaboration leads to more innovation. It doesn't lead to, it's not competition. When you collaborate with people, it leads to more inventions, more creativity, more innovation and finding solutions to things. So the more you can collaborate with businesses, guess what? They have customers, you have customers. Potentially there's crossover between the customers. Maybe the, each one of those sets of customers have no idea the other one exists. So why not collaborate so that you can bring more customers into your business? It is so silly when I hear people say this, and we used to hear it a lot um, when we moved to the second town that we had our store in, just people, you know, talking constantly about, oh, well, I don't want to tell them about this event because they're going to take people away from me. That is so, it's such rubbish, as my grandmother used to say. It's just so silly. So the more we can help each other and lift each other, the more everybody is going to succeed and everybody is going to, you know, be able to achieve more in a local community. I mean, that's what community is all about, right? You know, I, I have another client who's in a community and there were people that are in because there's business associations, and if you're if you have a business association in your area, like a like a Main Street um, a Main Street manager, I think that's what they call them, or you have a um, a business association for the merchants that are in that area, I highly recommend joining it. Um, but it's just it's so funny because the merchants association in their area, um, they they had a, a restaurant week and they wanted to put coupons out. Um, in the town to get more people, you know, people that were coming in for restaurant week to get more people into the other businesses. And people were like, well, if they're not part of the merchants association, they shouldn't be, they sh we shouldn't put coupons out in their business. It's just so, it's like so silly. It's so silly. It's just, it's like, really? I mean, everybody benefits, everybody benefits. And if they're not part of the business association, maybe they'll join. But, you know, who cares? <laughs> Just, I don't know. It blows my mind when people get like that. But the point is, is that collaboration, that's the whole part of community. Community is bringing people together, you know, for similar for a similar cause. It's bringing people together, you know, so that they can help each other. That's the whole purpose of community. So if you have a business association or you're in a community, Get out there and collaborate. Meet other business owners and, you know, do something together. Have events together. Um, Cross-promote each other. You know, if you have businesses that are, that are um, uh, what's the word? <laughs> Just lost my, my thought. If you have businesses that are similar or businesses that are complementary, there we go, um, you can cross-promote each other, you know, and then everybody benefits. So I know one of my clients, they do something really cool. Um, they have like, they're almost like a, um, like a scavenger hunt, but instead it's like each restaurant makes a different soup 
and you have to, you get a card. So you have to go around to each one of the restaurants, find the restaurant and go around and then you get a taste of the soup. And I think, I think they actually vote to see who's the winner of the soup. And uh, it's called the Super Bowl, which I think is super cool. Super soup. Um, but, you know, they do lots of things like that, which are actually kind of cool to really, again, last episode we talked about these different experiences. So it's not just a matter of people coming in for restaurant week or coming in to eat. It's a matter of coming in, playing a game, being involved, trying different things, having fun, getting educated on, you know, what's in the soup. So it's really, um, it's really different and it brings all of those four experiences together for something like super, super unique. So if you're a local business, you definitely like, like I said, these three, the three main things, and then those two bonuses, you can really start to do right away. One other thing I want to quickly mention, if you don't have your website or your um, address on the front, on your homepage of your website towards the top, make sure you get it on there ASAP. It's, It's like, if you think about it, it's one of the first places people go, whether they're on their phone or they're on a desktop. So if you don't have your address, um, and I've seen this a lot too. If you don't have your address and your phone number at towards the top of the of the homepage of your website, get it on there. And then you also want to have it on every subsequent page after that. That's another big thing. But again, these are things that you can do right away. And it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to pay anybody to do it. You can actually do it yourself, especially the SEO. Research, research, research. And you can figure out your your, um, SEO terms yourself. You can put them on your website yourself if you have a templated site. Or like I said, if you work with a web developer, they can do it for you. But these are actionable things that you can start doing today to start getting found quicker. And it does take some time, but the, the sooner you start, the sooner you'll be found. Don't assume that just because you're a local business, people know you're there because they don't. What you have to do is you have to go out and find them and really attract those people into your business. And you will be surprised putting some work in, doing the research and putting these things together are going to bring you results faster than you probably are experiencing right now. So anyway, I hope this episode helped you. It's a little bit more like strategy and tactic than I normally do, but it's super, super important and will also help you to create a, um, a unique signature experience in your business. So anyway, until next time, have a great rest of your week and I will see you soon. Take care and bye for now.